Hey guys, welcome everyone to New Ones at Noon on Dropout Radio, aka the New Music Mondays podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Deezer, Stitcher, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. I am your host, Ben in Toronto, and I'm grateful as always to be here with you guys, listening, listening to some tunes. We've got an awesome show lined up for you today. We've got new music from Canadian country artist Kadu. We've got new music and an interview with the charming Desiree Dorian and a new tune from Saskatchewan-based Slowdown Molasses. If you're listening to this show from Podcast Land, don't forget to subscribe if you like what you hear. Dropout Entertainment is officially gearing up for a music festival on September 5th. 2021 at Country Heritage Park in Milton, Ontario. The outdoor festival will feature some sweet indie acts like Pink Leather Jackets, Danny Christina, Apricity, Wasting Time, Yan Simon, Marlon Chaplin, Buy Octopi, Queens and Kings, and, and a whole whack load more. It's just, just going to be great. Also, it's like a legit festival, so you're not like sitting in your car and stuff. Visit TuneInFest.com for the full lineup, venue info, and to get your tickets. It's an all-day festival, folks, and tickets are just 10 bucks, so you can't, you can't go wrong. Tickets are on sale now. Canada is a big place, and we all need to reconnect with our roots at one point or another. Kadu is a Canadian country artist carving out his own path, trying to do just that. Kadu's sound has continued to grow and evolve, especially when it comes to songwriting. The artist had this to say about his songwriting style. Quote, I try to write about what I've experienced. I've gone through it all, just like everyone else. It's always been important to me for people to relate to the music. End quote. Kadu has a lot on the go and promises more releases later this year and next. In the meantime, let's take a listen to his brand new single. It is available everywhere. It even has a craft beer to go along with it. The beer and the song are called Rattlesnake Bite. Snake bite. 
Rattlesnake Bite by Kadu. Desiree Dorian grew up down the road from the grounds of the Dauphin Country Fest, one of the biggest outdoor music festivals in Canada and the longest running country music festival also in Canada. As a girl, Dorian would ride her bike to the grounds when the festival wasn't on, scale the stage and pretend to play to the thousands of would-be fans that come to watch the big country music acts that play the stage every year. In 2014, her dream of playing the main stage of the Dauphin Country Fest came true. The Juno-nominated artist released her fifth studio album in February of this year. It's called Break the Chain. The album itself explores themes of poverty, resilience, breaking the cycle of violence, family ties, and of course, Jack Daniels. Dorian writes her music as a reflection of the world around her. Dorian also doesn't miss a beat, and she has just released a brand new single that we will get to in just a moment. Dorian is one of the most celebrated artists in country music in Manitoba. Dorian has had songs hit the top 100 on the Canadian country music charts, along with several on the Indigenous Music Countdown. Her songwriting partner on Break the Chain, as well as her new single, is producer-songwriter Chris Burke Gaffney. I sat down over the internet to connect with Dorian. Here's our chat about her new single. It's called Sometimes I Drink. This is my interview with Desiree Dorian. Hey, everybody. I am here with Desiree Dorian. We are talking about her new single, Sometimes I Drink. How are you, Desiree? I'm well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Um, So you're from Manitoba. Is that where you're dialing in from? Sure am, yes. Excellent. Whereabouts in Manitoba are you? Dauphin, Manitoba, the big metropolis. <laughs> oh, shout out. What is it? Do- Dauphin? Dauphin, yeah. Dauphin. Most shout out to famous. Dauphin. Yeah. We're most famous for being the host of Dauphin's Country Fest, which is the longest country music festival, longest running country music festival in Canada. Excellent. That's a pretty huge festival, actually, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you grew up, you grew up pretty close to that festival, right? I sure did. Yeah. I grew up a mile and a half from the festival site. And what was, what was that like? Can you tell me a little bit about growing up that close to a giant country music festival? It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was wonderful. We, um, we used to go with my family and actually we used to, uh, we used to pick beer bottles <laughs> and then, and then sell the, you know, take them, like return them. And then we would use the money to go to the fair and, or to spend at country fest or whatever. But when the festival wasn't on though, I would sneak in and, uh, they used to have snow fence, like a, a big orange snow fence all around the, the venue when it wasn't on. And so I used to sneak in and ride my bike down. That was, you know, when, when kids could ride their bikes so far away from home. 
and I'd leave my bike on the side of the road and I would sneak in and I would um, run around on stage like a maniac and pretending that there was a, you know, a, the amphitheater was full. And then I would go into the dressing rooms and I would pretend that, you know, my boots were there and where I would think about where I would hang up my jacket <laughs> and, you know, just envision myself in that space. And so this that is was, a very, this sounds like a very insecure venue. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was when it wasn't on. So nobody Fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, but it was uh, it was a lot of fun doing that as a kid. <laughs> very cool, very cool. And you actually got to play that festival at some point. Can you tell yeah. me about that experience? Yeah, so the first time I got to play the main stage was in 2014. That was uh, one of my dream come trues. Like it was one of my dreams come true. And then I've, I've played the the smaller side stage and the uh, side stages a number of times. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think in, in uh, my career, I've always tried to set small goals for myself and and then you know when you achieve those goals it's like okay well what's next and uh, and that was definitely one of them so that was pretty cool very awesome you've actually toured all across canada you've played in las vegas and nashville what's your favorite city to play in oh my gosh that's like a trick question because if i say <laughs> <laughs> so i have two answers for that i love playing my hometown of dauphin because I have a tremendous amount of support here and people, you know, always come out and they always they always support whatever project it is that I'm doing. So that's that's answer number one. Answer number two probably would be the very first time I got to play the listening room. The only time I got to play the listening room in Nashville. That was pretty cool. Like it was a it was a songwriter circle and songwriting is my first love. And so having the opportunity to sit amongst songwriters and uh, and share our music was pretty cool. Very awesome. What What is your favorite drink? What's your poison? <laughs> <laughs> what isn't my favorite drink is more like the question. <laughs> okay, so I love red wine and I love gin. Rock and on, I love craft on. beer. Craft beer, cool, 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 craft cool, cool. Those, uh, are the, those are the three, the three go-tos. The three go-tos, cool. Did you find, <laughs> did you find in the past year and a half you drank more or less? Hey, are we being honest here? Oh well, yeah, we're being honest. Definitely more. <laughs> definitely, I mean, what else was there to do, right? <laughs> right on. How did you spend the last uh, year and a half? How did that treat you? What were you doing? Uh, well, I drank gin, wine, and... <laughs> <laughs> no, I... Um, so we're really lucky because we live on an acreage and we, you know, have a bunch of physical space to you know, spend time on. So in the winter, we and I mean, me and my family did a bunch of snowshoeing and ice fishing and hiking and snowmobiling, um, that kind of stuff. And then in the summer, we've done a lot of swimming, a lot of outdoor barbecuing, bonfires, hiking, that sort of thing. So yeah, I mean, we're I'm lucky that we're not, you know, in a cooped up in a in a in an apartment and we have all the, the space to do those outdoor activities because we really took advantage of our of our local spots here. Nice. That's excellent. And yes, uh, from somebody who's been cooped up in a 700 square foot, maybe oh, a so condo. No, it's OK. It's OK. Oh, it's, been, it's been a that's, slice. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. So your drinking must have increased, I assume. Uh, I'm actually I'm uh, officially 15 days sober as of right now. Oh, yay. It is, yes, yes. I'm taking a stand on it because, <laughs> like, you know, you. Um, Congrats. Yeah, no, it uh, it was it was a bad scene there for a while. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, your new song is out, Sometimes I Drink. Can you tell me first about the song itself? Yeah, so in um, 
pre-pandemic, um, I went down to New Orleans in January last year for Folk Alliance International. Oh, just slipping it right in the last minute, eh? Yeah. The yeah. traveling. <laughs> well, I, I sometimes wonder, I thankfully was fine, like I didn't get sick or anything, but I sometimes wonder, like it, it would have had to have already been there at mm-hmm, that point. For sure. I don't know, maybe I'm just making that up, but it was, um, yeah, we were like under the wire and... Uh, with that trip because I knew I was going to be in New Orleans and I've always been a fan of like any show that has like the bayou or the swamp or you know and I love like swampy music and so I wanted to drive uh, from New Orleans to Nashville and cap off my time in New Orleans with a week of writing in Nashville and so I rented a car after uh, we wrapped in in New Orleans and drove north through the bayou to Nashville and I'd already had a week of, of co-writes booked in. And one of the people I reached out to was Crystal Shawanda, who is an incredible Indigenous artist, artist in general, Indigenous or not or otherwise. But uh, she, I, I, she was somebody that I looked up to when I was like, you know, in my, in my late teens. And she was just coming out on the scene. She had just signed to RCA as a major label. And she was on CMT. And so I remember watching her music videos. And I remember just really being like, amazed that there was this brown-skinned woman absolutely killing it in mainstream country music. So, you know, and I, and I watched her career, I bought her albums, and when I was headed down to Nashville, I knew she was based in Nashville, and I, I just, and we were friends on Facebook, and I reached out to her and thinking, like, half-heartedly kind of expecting her to say, maybe yes, if I've got time, uh, you know, not really. It was kind of like, okay, well, I'm just gonna do it. And if she says no, she says no, it's, and it is what it is, right? But she said yes and invited me into her home. And, you know, I got to meet her daughter and her husband and we went up to her studio and we spent three hours together. And, and this song was the end result of that time. And so I was really, uh, really thankful for her for sitting down with me to pen this one. Nice, that's awesome. What was that process like? Well, I was nervous because she was somebody that I looked up to so much. And, and you know, typically I don't look people up. Like I, if I'm going to write with somebody, I don't because it just, it freaks me out and it makes me super nervous. And, but I knew who she was and, and she was somebody that I'd looked up to. And so I really, uh, I remember distinctly that morning, just taking like a, a, a few moments of like meditation to, you know, calm myself down and focus my energy and, you know, do the like self-talk that, you know, you're not, you're, 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 you deserve to be where you are kind of thing. And, and I remember driving over to her house and parking in the driveway and just taking like a giant deep breath and then, you know, and then going in. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, she, she invited me in and, and we, I, I met her husband, I met her daughter and, and we just kind of talked and, and, you know, uh, did, did that little bit for a while. And then we went up to her studio and I'd had a, a few titles that I threw at her just as ideas of things that I wanted to flesh out and work through. And, and sometimes a drink was one of them. And I, and I wanted it to be like, the more we got to talking about the messaging in this song, I wanted it to be a song that was empowering for women that, you know, for me, like when I go to hang out with my, my girlfriends and I don't do this anymore because I just don't have the patience for it. But in my, (laughs) in my younger years, like in my mid twenties, you know, women would get together and it would be, we'd have to have an excuse. Like it would have to be for like a baby shower or a wedding shower or a candle party or some kind of thing where you had to buy something and it was just like come on like let's let's go out and just hang out and chill out and 
And I feel like women, don't, we don't give ourselves permission enough to do that. Like it's always like, you know, we're at home with our kids or we're at home, you know, doing something that in, involves caretaking in some way, shape or form. And, you know, and we don't give ourselves permission to just let loose just for the sake of doing it. And that's what I wanted this this song to be. And, and you know, the more Crystal and I got to talking about it and fleshing out those those ideas, I, I hope that that messaging came through in, in, in the lyrics of, of the tune. For sure, I think so. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the music video. Uh, first off, uh, what are you drinking in the music video? How staged, how staged is that? Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah, with water. The licensing doesn't allow um, you to drink real, real booze. And, and quite candidly, I mean, like, I like to have fun, but I'm also still professional, you know, and I didn't want sure. it to be like a big <laughs> drunk fest on, on camera. I was um, going to say, if you, you guys did a great job if you were hammered. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? I think what why that comes. You did a great job either way. Other like either way, you did a great job. But if you were hammered, like top notch. Thank you. <laughs> we weren't hammered, but now I know that I'm really good at pretending to be hammered. Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, no, we. Uh, so that was shot locally, um, and Manitoba. We just started to lift some of our restrictions, and we shot that at a time when film and video were allowed to shoot but you had to get like special permits to do it and you had to have a COVID plan and, and all of that had to be laid out. And so in the town that I live in, we didn't really have a huge, we didn't have huge numbers. And so I didn't want to work with people from larger urban settings that I didn't have any, you know, contact with and like, you know, people that were moving around on film sets because I just did like, I wanted to limit my own contact as well. So we used um, just a bunch of local friends. It, like I, I pulled together some of my my more extroverted friends <laughs> and said, hey, is this something you guys would be willing to do? And, you know, I, I gave them a few gift cards and whatnot. And then the local restaurant in town partnered with us. So they allowed us to use their space to, to film the video. And then we also uh, partnered with Little Brown Jug, which is a brewing company in Winnipeg. And they supplied the beer for us to uh, used throughout the shoot and then we used also a local film production company which was a lot of fun because it was their first music video that they'd ever shot and so it was project made up of local you know local people and local businesses and so it, it was fun to see it all come together that's very awesome that's very awesome local is um incredibly important right now for sure yeah yeah exactly we are going to listen to sometimes i drink what would you like people to take away from that song the first time they hear it? Okay, so I got to tell you, my favorite, favorite part in that song is the bass solo section. It's the little breakdown section just before the last chorus. And when I went to Chris Bergafney with this idea, I, I gave him um, Miranda Lambert's Little Red Wagon as a reference. There's a really cool little bass solo in that song. And I said, you know, I think we need to have like this little funky part of the song. And so Chris sent it away to Nashville to have the, the players add, you know, add the, add the music and, and there's their parts to the song. And uh, he emailed me and he said, you're never going to guess, but Randall Lambert's bass player is, <laughs> is in the studio and going to be playing on this track. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so just what I want people to take away is like the little fun snippets that we intentionally added to the tune. So the talking parts, the bass solo section, that kind of stuff, but also just that it's okay women to give ourselves permission to have fun without candles. Without candles, without an excuse, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what is next for Desiree Dorian? Oh my gosh, um, I am 
my uh, my August and my fall is really shaping up to be like crazy busy and I'm so excited. I, my first string of shows starts this coming weekend and people can just check out my website and Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff to see where I'll be. But it'll be my first live show and I can't wait. Like I'm just bubbling with excitement about it. That's so, like in front of people. In front of real live people, not like just a screen where you have to like pretend <laughs> to interact with bots on a screen. <laughs> cool, yeah. very cool. And, you, and obviously, yeah, you're looking forward to that. Yeah. Oh man, I can't wait. I'm super pumped. Yeah. Uh, do you have a website you want to plug quickly? DesireeDorian.com. DesireeDorian.com. There you go. And uh, yeah, I guess that my, my next question is where can we find more about Desiree Dorian? DesireeDorian.com for sure. What about your social media? Do you want to plug any of those guys? Sure. Instagram is Desiree Dorian. Facebook, I, there's another Desiree Dorian in the world and they beat me to Desiree Dorian. Oh, so damn. Just, I know. So I'm just Des Dorian on Facebook. <laughs> is that DES? DES, yeah. DES. Okay, cool. Thank you so much, Desiree, for hanging out with me. Thank you. This has been a lot of fun. Awesome. Everyone out there, this is the new one from Desiree Dorian. This is Sometimes I Drink. Sometimes I drink, get a buzzing in my brain. I don't want to complain, but I'm going insane. Sometimes I like a glass of wine on Friday night at the lonesome high. Forget about the bills and chill. Forget about everything. It's been all uphill. I don't do this all the time. I just need this tonight. Well, I might get it wrong, but I'm just trying to get it right. Sometimes I drink, get a buzzing in my brain. I don't want to come.
Thank you again to Desiree Dorian for hanging out with me and hanging out with the show. Slow Down Molasses is a Canadian indie rock band from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. The band's sound and the roster has changed over the years. As per the words of Exclaim magazine, the band has, quote, evolved from a sprawling art pop collective into a more muscular, shoegazy, post-punk outfit, end quote. It should be noted that at some point in their history, this band actually featured upwards of 14 members. That is a lot of, that is a lot of band guys. They have since scaled that back according to Wikipedia and the quality research I do on this show. The band has trimmed that back to a modest number of five members, including Tyson McShane, Aaron Schools, Levy Solidaire, Chris Morin, and Jordan Kurtz. The band has a new album coming out in October. It is called Minor Deaths and is currently available for pre-sale on platforms like Bandcamp. They have also dropped two singles from that album so far. The most recent is called Some Fine Action, and that is the last song we're gonna be listening to today. This is Some Fine Action by Slow Down Molasses.
was some fine action by Slow Down Molasses. And that is the show, everyone. Thanks, as always, for tuning in and listening to the podcast, listening to the show. I hope you all have a great-ass week. Don't forget to wear your mask when you're doing all those fun, new, not new, not really new things that we can now do again. I mean, I ate inside of a restaurant with a bud last week. It was, it was friggin' crazy. <laughs> He's even been to movie theaters. I, I kid you not, I'm still not emotionally there. This show is a Dropout Entertainment production and is available on Dropout Radio every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And, and you can get that at dropoutentertainment.ca or on the MyTuner Radio app, as well as other awesome sauce radio apps. I am still your host, Ben in Toronto. Dropout is licensed to play through SoCan. Thank you, SoCan. And don't forget to hit up tuneinfest.com. Check out the TuneInfest lineup. Get your $10 tickets. And now, back to 100% real Canadian independent music. This is Dropout Radio.